Hi, everyone. This is Steve Bowes. Before we start today's HR Happy Hour show with two of the great leaders in HR technology, Meg Baer and Amy Wilson from SAP Success Factors, I want to thank our generous sponsors. First, this episode of the HR Happy Hour is made possible by WorkHuman. The world is watching the leaders of today and tomorrow. Modern employees want a workplace where they're respected, seen, appreciated, and heard, and they're demanding it. Employees have a right to a human workplace. You have the power to create one. And thriving organizations like Cisco, Merck, and LinkedIn have realized the immense benefits of putting the human at the center of work. Get your copy of the book, Making Work Human, on Amazon. And we're also sponsored by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. With the onset of COVID-19, Paychex quickly responded to support businesses and help them manage the new challenges brought on by the pandemic. The Paychex COVID-19 Help Center is the ultimate comprehensive resource hub featuring articles, videos, scenario tools, live webinars, and podcasts that provide valuable and up-to-date insight on stimulus measures, managing a remote or hybrid workforce, travel restrictions, state-specific guidance, and plenty more. To access this valuable information, go to payx.me slash helpcenter today. All right, thanks for working and Paychex, and thanks for listening, and let's get on with the show. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, it's been about a year, maybe a little over a year, since we've all kind of been thrust into the full-time working from home deal. So here's my question, Trish. What is the most useful item you have acquired to help you making work from home easier? That is such a great question. Real brain I'm clearly teaser. stalling. Right there. I'm going to say an answer you won't like. It's TikTok. That's not TikTok. an item you've acquired. <laughs> that's com- that is an that is an app I downloaded. That's- no, it. I decided TikTok is very valuable because number one, it helps me in my work-life balance because I have to be able to do things more quickly and I get the answer to everything. I can like, instead of Googling something, I TikTok it and figure out how to do stuff around my house. So I've become much more handy. Um, and it's also really good because it's a great distraction because I'm known, you know, I don't take breaks from work. So I've decided that instead of commercials, I'll watch a TikTok or two and then I'm back ready to go again. So, well, TikTok. I'm not happy with that answer. And if you can see the video, the listeners, you, you could tell I've, I've immediately just uh, recoiled. I think you copped out on that answer, but fair enough. All right. Well, what's your answer? I've got two. One is I'm looking at it right now, my big external monitor, which I didn't really have in the home office before all this got going. I was just on the road a lot as you were, as many of us were, just worked off the laptop. Even when I was home, it was sufficient, right? For most of what I had to do. Once we got kind of stuck in place, I thought, yeah, big old secondary monitor was a big deal. So that's one. And the other one is a relatively recent acquisition. This is in my fake Zoom background. It's disappearing. This is the plug-in coffee cup warmer deal for the office. Because now I'm in an upstairs office, kitchen's downstairs. The coffee run up and down, a little lengthy. It's too that much for you to walk up and down warm. the stairs. I can it, see how that would happen at your age, but. But those are right, better answers, answer, clearly better answers than you gave. So you want a real answer? It's my glitzy Bingsu, like stress reliever putty. It's glittery. I'm going to show you, even though this is like, you know, audio. Look at yeah, this. Yeah, it's good. We're doing visuals it's on, like, on a radio It's show. like the perfect glittery, glitzy putty. And so when I'm sitting here and, you know, 
might be annoyed by someone like you that's getting on my nerves. I can just do this and de-stress. How about that? All right. Better answer. Slightly better answer. Okay. We'll ask Very our good. guests the questions too, and hopefully neither <laughs> will say TikTok. Otherwise the show's going to be over right now. Trish, we've got a okay. couple of old friends back with us on the show for the first time in no. a while. Uh, we've got They're two great guests with us from SAP Success Factors first. And after I intro you, Amy, please say hello so the listeners will know your voice from Meg's voice as we uh, do the podcast. But first guest is Amy Wilson. She's the SVP of Products and Design for SAP Success Factors. In this role, she leads a global team of designers, product managers, and information specialists in partnership with more than 6,500, that's a lot, SAP Success Factors customers. Amy and her team deliver on the human experience management strategy, through thought, leading, and market-making solutions designed to prioritize customers and elevate people to the center of what powers organizations. Prior to joining SAP, Amy led product for Workday's HCM Solutions. Previously, she directed people management technologies as vice president and principal analyst at Constellation Research Group. And prior to that, she ran product strategy for Oracle HCM Cloud Talent Applications. Amy, a glittering resume across HR tech. How are you today? I'm doing so good. Thanks so much, Steve and Trish, for having me here. Awesome. All right, let's welcome Meg, and then we'll get to the question of the day and get on to the topic of the day as well. Meg Bear is with us as well. Great to see Meg. She's the SVP of Engineering and Operations for SAP Success Factors. She has more than 25 years of experience leading product and engineering teams at technology companies such as Juvo, Imperva, and Oracle. She's a patent holder. That, that's also very cool. Change agent, startup advisor, keynote speaker, and TEDx host. Meg is, a passionate, Meg is passionate about applying technology to solve business problems, building and growing teams, and defining market-winning product strategies that are customer-centric and innovative. Meg, how are you? I am good, although I don't sound anywhere near as interesting as Amy Wilson. I think that's as it should be. Um, you could also put Amy Wilson's bag handler um, on the list as well. I'll, I'll add that. I, not, I love I, that. I love I love commenting on the bio. So the the uh, patent holder is interesting. Maybe at the end of the show, Meg, I'll run my idea by you. I've got a great idea. I just can't get anybody to bite on it, developing the prototype <laughs> for me. So. Totally on. I'm on your team, Steve. We'll get into that. So I think, I think uh, Amy and Meg, we should just start off real quick with, it's been a crazy year, obviously year plus now for everybody. And over at SAP Success Factors, you launched a huge new initiative kind of right before the pandemic really hit. So maybe we'll start there and, and, and I'll throw it open to either Meg or Amy to tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little about HXM and then we'll get into some of the uh, whole self conversation that we want to have today as well. Yeah, well, Steve, you you heard from my very, very long bio. I'll have to get a shortened version for you. <laughs> Um, that I've been in the industry for quite some time, as has Meg. And so we kind of lived through the, the time period where we went from human resource management to human capital management. And that was a, a big day uh, when we started talking about people as assets. But over the last couple decades, or the last couple decades, yeah, oh, goodness, um, the world's changed. Uh, and assets seems to be a very... Uh, demeaning term for people, right? Uh, people are so much more than just a nice desk chair or a, or a fancy home monitor like you've got, Steve. And they're really what power the, the business. Um, they're at the center. They have the ability to sink or elevate uh, a business. And so we felt like human experience management was a much better way to think about 
the design philosophies uh, around the individual and bringing the individual um, and what they need and to value them each and every day. So, so that's what HXM is all about. You know, I was so glad whenever you all launched that sort of approach, like you said, from a design perspective, because it gets so difficult sometimes to explain and relate these technologies back to the buyers. And I thought that that was one way that it made it much more, not just easy to explain, but it just in a more meaningful way. When I talk with HR leaders and they ask about, you know, different technologies that are available, whether it's a suite or a point solution. And when you talk to them though, about the, the experience that people are having, and I know you're going to get into sort of the whole self and, and all those little micro experiences that make up the journey that they're on. It's, it's definitely something I can tell you that when I've talked to potential customers or talked to your customers, it seems to really resonate more than probably any other terminology I've heard in the last decade. Are you all finding that with like, what was the reaction from your own customers or from going out and even maybe with new customers? Was that resonating with them right away? Yeah, I think we've been really lucky that, um, you know, the timing is an, is interesting. And this is be, even before the pandemic, we've all kind of recognized that technology has really improved. It's improved in all assets of our lives. And so when we think about what is possible, we, we now have a, a larger sort of imagination horizon. But then when you think about what HR organizations have been trying to do is kind of similar to a general business theme. They've been needing to do more with less and they've been needing to figure out how to have a bigger impact. And so in the early days, we thought of this as self-service, right? Like let individuals update their address so they can get their checks sent to the right address, right? But over time, it's become much, much bigger than that. Help individuals signal to you how the business can improve and then help the organization signal to the individuals what the business needs. And so when you think about that and you think about the kind of capabilities that technology can provide today, you realize we're opening up kind of a much bigger horizon of opportunity, opportunity for how HR can impact the business, but opportunity about how individuals can feel connected, engaged, and grow in their own careers and in their own lives. And I think, you know, now that we're all stuck at home in the pandemic and our lives are all weird anyway, it just becomes even more acute that everybody gets it, right? Everybody understands that that experience of work is really a human one and the needs are much broader than just, do I have a desk? Do I have a chair? It's, it's a much bigger storyline. And I think that is, it's a, like just the beginning of what really is a much bigger horizon. Right. And we've even got a cheer, which I would do for you, oh. but my, my arm is underneath my therapy puppy right oh, now. Goodness. So I'll wait, I'll wait on that. Another, But time. you should make sure Amy does the HXM cheer because I'm pretty sure she's the only one that does it. And <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> okay. So we're going to have you come on the other show on the work break one day and you can actually, that way people could see you do the cheer. I feel like that needs to have the visual as well. Okay. So um, Meg, I know I'm sure Steve's dying to jump in on some questions here too, but just on, on your last points that you're making there, one thing I hadn't really thought of it that way. So thank you for describing it like that, because when you think about self-service and I remember, you know, 
being in HR and having people, they really hated that. They felt like they were not being taken care of when you tell someone it's self-service. And we were like, oh yeah, no, you have self-service. This is good. The employees often viewed it as a negative. We're we're doing your work, right? But the way you just described it, it's that move from self-service to kind of a, I wrote down mutual relationship, right? Because you're talking about sort of both parties having an equal um, contribution in keeping each other kind of moving in the right direction, which I like, I like that. I just hadn't thought of it that way. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I definitely think that the, the opportunity for all of us is to bring the human back, right? <laughs> like at the end of the day, the technology <laughs> is there to help, but it's about the humans. And so we're, we're actually quite excited to be in the era where that's the discussion. So I was, I was thinking something else as well, uh, Meg, when you, well, but Amy, when you talked about, we kind of went from HRM to HCM to HXM and uh, Meg, you mentioned self-service. And I remember, I don't know where I was or what I was doing somewhere. We decided we're just going to change the name of self-service and then it will get better. We'll call it direct access and like our problems would be solved. And so, but we, you can't really solve problems by just changing what you call things if they're kind of the same things. Right. And so I guess, uh, I guess my question, and this is more for Amy, because I think this is more of a mm-hmm. strategy design kind of question is, how do you sort of not fall into that trap of saying, okay, we're just calling it this because we think that's a better way to describe it, but it's really kind of the same experience, you know, small e underneath it, right? Mm-hmm. So what was kind of the approach to really transforming what you're doing and then transforming how uh, people can engage with these types of uh, solutions? That's a super great question. Thank you so much for asking that, Steve. Um, so if we think about the, the essence of HCM, um, it was really about strategic programs coming into play, right? This was the rise of talent management. It's a rise of learning management, development, succession, et cetera. And, and the need to really identify talent and to, um, put programs around this, right? That, that was the, the key piece But if you think about that, um, it's still about HR, right? It's still about HR creating programs, pushing those out, pushing those down, figuring out what people should do and and where they should go and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas HXM is really about the individual first and the value that they're creating, the value that they're getting and uh, enabling learning and growth and development and performance and culture more from a bottom-up perspective. And of course, you're really benefiting the overall organization too. So there's an organizational benefit to it, but the, the principles are really about, you know, first from the individual human being, what their needs are and where you're going, um, and then how that benefits the organization rather than, hey, we're an HR department that needs to you know, launch these strategic programs, which was a huge uh, step forward at the time, right? Um, but it's just, it's not the, the way now. Being able to have checklists and things to like, it was better than what we had, which was not much, you know, in the, in the nineties, maybe. So moving into two thousands. And I think too, HCM was more around, at least from practitioner view, it was more around being able to talk the talk with a CFO, for example, and being able to have sort of that business language 
But I recall distinctly working in healthcare and people were very offended when we would use that terminology because they'd say, we are people, we are not assets, right? And so in that way, like you compared earlier to a desk or something. So yeah, I think even the employees who heard HR people sort of using those terms, they just didn't like it. And I think a lot of the hatred maybe that came for HR professionals 10 to 20 years ago came from some of those very things where we didn't seem like we understood the individual's needs. And it seems like, remind me, and this is for Meg or Amy, remind me this, I think you all launched in 2019. And again, it was, it was so unique and so different to think about the, those, all of those little experiences that someone might have throughout their time as an employee was just I don't know. It just seemed groundbreaking at the time because no one was really talking about it that way. So to Steve's point, it's really different. It wasn't just you all changed the name of HCM to HXM because I think that some people might think that, but that's not really it. It was a whole strategic change around the way you approach um, using technology to help individuals, right? Yeah. And it also speaks to just uh, thinking about outcomes very differently. And we're not really forging this path new on our own. We're actually following the journey that customer experience has been going through, which is thinking about the experience as material to the business outcomes. So you're exactly right, Trish, in the, in the sort of HCM world, it was really about being able to have financial literacy of cost of an organization, where you were deploying them, et cetera, a little bit of workforce planning kind of mindset. And that's all still important. Again, we really want it to be clear that nothing in HXM diminishes the need for the HCM foundation. But what we believe is there's opportunity on top of that, that is its own much larger and much more strategic set of markets that really focus about understanding the interactions and having a much more sort of data-driven insight into the broader capability of the organization. So giving it a voice to the individuals to provide feedback, but also having a much better kind of interactivity with systems of work to really understand how things are happening within an organization, what's working, what's not, and to use that information to help individuals, again, contribute more, more broadly to the business needs. So I have one kind of follow-up. We've all been, all four of us, right, in different capacities over the years, have been around uh, enterprise tech for a while, right? And uh, ERP, right? And then HR, finance, what have you, right? And largely architected around supporting business processes, transactions, efficiency, et cetera, et cetera. And if you got really, really good as a software company or even an organization at defining and executing processes over and over again, you can get really efficient. You can drive costs out of there. You could get them done faster, et cetera, et cetera. Um, That's, it was great. It it takes you so far, takes you some place, but it's completely different than what we're talking about now, right? Because we're talking about HXM. And then I think we want, I think we want to talk a little bit about this whole self model it's much more difficult because understanding a process and defining it and workflowing it out and making it execute, that's, that's fairly easy, right? Especially a big company like SAP has been doing it for, for decades, right? Understanding people is what you guys are talking about now, right? That's way, way harder, right? It's harder for software companies and it's harder for even HR people. I'd love for you to comment a little about 
how do you think about that, that challenge and how to meet that challenge and how do you maybe work with your customers so that you're delivering on their expectations of what their people need? I hope that's not too vague a question. Yeah, it, it makes complete sense. So it's both harder, but it's also more consistent. So, you know, as, as we think about the, the world changing, um, technology and resulting processes change so dramatically. But people and their uh, psychology and their needs actually don't change that much, right? They, um, they may seem to change because of technology and that sort of thing, but, but their underlying characteristics, their underlying needs and motiv motivations don't really change. Like even when Trish was talking about you know, 20 years ago when um, people were kind of offended by pe being called an asset, right? So <laughs> it's people want to be people. Um, and, and so, yes, it, it takes a different approach. And we have uh, a really amazing asset uh, at SAP Success Factors, and that is our IO psychologist group, um, which you may have heard of over the years, but we have, you know, actual PhDs on board that are trained IO psychologists that do heavy duty research around behavioral science and, and people. And that informs what we do. Um, and I think that's a really important element and something that you know maybe was, was missing uh, in, in the past when we focused just on process, right? Um, and, and now they're, they're really having their heyday uh, with regards to, to how to build software for HXM. Anything to add, Meg? Yeah, I the one thing I would put on top of that is that, um, so so back to, to Amy's point, so that on the human side, our sort of our core needs and, and sort of motivations do have some, um, some through line and some consistency. On the technology side, we have many more tools to signal and a lot more agency in our sort of vision of this future, right? So, so when we play this out as where does the future take us, the future takes us that I as an individual can signal much more clearly what is important to me, why it's important to me, and when it's important to me. And then technology can hopefully use that information for good to help uh, offer up opportunities to me and ideas and suggestions and nudges and so on. But we see this, and I think it's really important to think about it this way, is that there's not going to be a single answer for an entire enterprise or an entire market. It's actually going to be even more individualized than that. There's going to be, you know, individualized opportunities for me that are really tied to the way that I can signal to the organization how I want to contribute, what I uh, what I need, and where I want to go. And so, again, if you think about that, that's a scale problem, mm -hmm. right? Like, how do you get that to highly individualized? But we're also at a really interesting point in technology where those capabilities are are becoming available to us. And so what we're learning with the psychologists and with the humans is how to get that mix right and how to make sure that we're building that adaptability into the platform so that over time, new things can emerge that we wouldn't have even predicted 
but we're going to be able to uh, adapt to that because we're building that adaptability in. Yeah, and sorry, just to add to that too. <laughs> um, so the, the through line is that everyone wants to feel supported. Everyone wants to feel co connected. Everyone wants to feel inspired. You know, there, there is that, that um, baseline across how people uh, need to feel and how they need to be motivated at work, but how they feel supported or how they feel connected or inspired is different for every single person. And it changes um, for that person, depending on their you know, current life circumstances, where they are in their career, et cetera. And, and that's what we, when we start talking about the whole self model, that's what we're talking about, right? Is who you are and who you are becoming has so many different angles. Um, and some of them uh, stay constant, but a lot of, a lot of the hows do change. And, and that's the signaling that, that Meg was talking about, which is so important to be able to, to capture those nuances for the individual and how those change over time. I love that idea, Amy. I think, um, what I'd be curious to know, kind of expanding on, on both what you said and what Meg said, um, because Meg, you mentioned sort of scale, right? So maybe in the past when we've tried to figure out what employees needed or to give them some sort of a more personalized individual type experience, we could only do it on a very small scale. Uh, we being HR departments, right? And, and maybe even teaching leaders, it was still very small scale. Technology certainly enables that, right? Like you said, from getting the information of what they want and how they want it and when they want it and all of that. But then also in, in terms of being a leader, trying to share information or recommendations back out at scale. Um, so I think that's important. What have you, and this could go to Meg or to Amy, um, whichever is most appropriate to answer. What have you all seen in this last year of the way that work has changed within the pandemic though, now with so many people working in different sort of work from home scenarios or working maybe still in an office or in a, in an actual physical location where the stress level because of the role they have is so uh, amped up compared to before. Have you started to see any results come in? I know it's just been a year, but are there any sort of preliminary results from your customers on how the approach of HXM is really helping change the way that they interact through technology with their employees? So absolutely, at the very uh, early days of this pandemic, we actually um, issued a free access to our, our Qualtrics survey for our uh, for pretty much anyone, but for certainly um, most of our customers took advantage of this so that they could get more real-time feedback from, uh, from their employees to get a little bit better signaling. And what we found is that over time, these, um, the things that are, are critical have, have a evolved, I would say, um, where now we're, we're kind of at an interesting inflection point on the other side where people are starting to get a little bit nervous that they do have to go back to the office and what does that mean and are they really ready? And we were talking like, do I have to wear shoes ever again? These are, these are big or do any of my clothes fit? Maybe I'm going too autobiographical, but those are, uh, those are sort of top of mind uh, questions. But as you can imagine, there's, you know, there's been everything from people that were, you know, maybe single had 
concerns about loneliness. People that were parents had concerns about childcare or elder care, or, you know, there's, there's, depending on what's going on in your life, and everybody knows this intuitively, that really changes. But then there's was a whole slew of other things that were actually kind of consistent. Most of us had terrible uh, chairs in at home and hadn't really thought, or like to Steve's point, didn't have good monitors, hadn't really thought about making a home environment um, have decent ergonomics or, or at all sustainable for how we live our lives and try to work. Um, so again, the, the interesting thing to, to take back is not just what were the specifics, but, but if you look at it from a structural point of view, the need to ask people versus assume what the problems are is really important because you might assume that the problem was your healthcare or whatever, or needing some time off for well-being, and that might have been true, but you might never have thought of the office chair, right? And letting people come to the office and pick up their, their equipment or whatever it is. And so the, the solutions, again, like we're talking about, it's very individualized, it's very human. And if you think about the role of HR as just doing benefits and payroll and you know, sort of what we would say has been the traditional work streams, you would have missed the sort of critical needs of your workforce in that moment at that time. And so what, what we're seeing is that the ability to really connect with the broader population at scale quickly becomes material for all of the decisions you take after that. So Amy, I'll probably have more things to, to share, but that, that's kind of how I think of it. Super, super briefly, because that was awesome. You know, there were some things that Meg said there that I think are worth calling out. You know, the, the curiosity of leadership, I think, has, has really increased and the asking of people and the caring about the answers to the questions. And that, and that is where the, the humanity has, has really shown um, over the last year, I think, and hopefully we'll be able to, to continue that. Uh, I'm a firm believer and, and Meg mentioned it already that as hard as it was to move to all remote, the undoing of it is going to be a hundred times harder. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right. really fascinated how we're going to handle it, to be honest. So. I think you're right. And Meg, you kind of joked about sort of like what our clothes fit. It's those are things though, that like an employee <laughs> will worry about, you know, uh, I read a yeah. study this morning and I, I apologize. I don't have it right here in front of me to quote uh, where it is. I can tweet it out uh, when we tweet out the show, but it was talking about that the average, like unplanned, unwanted, unexpected weight gain, you know, for, it was breaking down by all different sorts of uh, ways, but it like for women was like 22 pounds and for men was like 39 pounds. I mean, these are, think about it. The, the I don't feel so bad though. <laughs> yeah, right? I, that's why I thought, I thought I have felt so bad for the last couple of months. And then I thought, well, maybe I'm just kind of like everybody else. Um, no, but think about it. Like not just, uh, of course, clothing and whether things fit, if you're going back to, to a work setting and being around other people, but think about all like the little impacts of just something like weight gain will have on the person's health, on how they feel about themselves, on, you know, how they interact with others. Uh, and those are things we might not anticipate um, in helping employees even think about or face if we don't have sort of technologies and ways to find out and dig for those answers, right? We might be thinking about the, the total wrong thing, right? We might be thinking about something 
um, at the other end of the spectrum. So yeah, there, there does seem to be one universal desire and, and that is for kids to go back to school full time. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Can we just, that's the, yeah, that's the let's one thing take a moment. On. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> think, I think, uh, I think that's a whole nother show, right? The whole kind of return to work show, but it's, it's a really good point, Amy, <laughs> because I think in some places, in some parts of the country, kids are back in school, but if you're a big national company, a big global company, right? The circumstances of your employees are going to be wildly different, you know, maybe state to state, certainly country to country. Right. And well, certainly HR folks have to take that into account and the systems that they're using to support their people certainly have to be flexible enough to take all of that and other things into account as well. I think, I think for me, the last thing I, I'll, I'd like to just ask is maybe just my whole thing is I'm working on HR tech, right? For the fall, we're planning on going back to Vegas. We're very optimistic. That's my theme, optimism. When people ask me, what's the theme? That's it. So is there anything you guys are able to share today? It's uh, late March as we're recording this about maybe some of the things you're excited about uh, from your side, from the SAP success factor side, whether it's from product or services, or maybe just from your own, the organization itself is there things like, boy, I can't wait until this is, this is coming. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start, but Amy is the one that has all the great uh, sort of teasers as it relates. So we, we um, as you know, we have uh, product releases twice a year. So um, we're getting we're getting close to our first half product release. So that's a that's a big deal for us. We're also, um, you know, our business has been growing pretty dramatically. Um, I noticed from Amy's bio, she talked to, about, uh, I don't know, was it 6,500 customers? We're like 8,000 now. So, Whoa, um, and we, we have more than 4,000 uh, Core HR customers. So again, you know, our expansion and the number of go-lives we've had during uh, this pandemic has been um, pretty, pretty impressive. And so when we talk about all of the things we're excited about, it's really because we have customers that are not rookies at thinking about the future of work and talent and the whole self. They've been, they've been guiding us this entire time. And so we're really in a fortunate situation that when we think about a topic, we don't just think about it in abstraction. We actually have the opportunity to work with customers on it. So. Yeah, we just, uh, we just had yeah. an announcement that we have over 2,000 customers, and I think the actual number is over 2,500 customers using our continuous performance management uh, feature set, which is something that we introduced, um, hmm, I don't know, it was like seven, eight years ago or something when continuous performance management just took off, right? Yeah. And no more performance uh, reviews, right? That was like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it seemed like it was going to be everybody, but, you know, it, I think 2,500 is a lot. And, um, and, and what's been really interesting is that we've been reimagining continuous performance management in the context of HXM, because even though it is about the individual, the way that we had built it originally, the way that customers had advised us to build it originally was very HS, HCM focused. And it was, it was a program, right? It, and it was it was about compliance and about uh, you know all of that. And the way that we're reimagining it with with HXM is that it is much more consumer like. It's really about providing value to the employees so that they're having conversations with their manager and that sort of. So we've completely redesigned that, and um, and now we have customers coming. Uh, you know, coming on board uh, to the the reimagined 
version of continuous performance management in droves as well. And so we'll have some really good stories, I think, of customers getting value from HXM in the fall. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to get back out there uh, all together. We'll have to do this again. We are plotting, in Vegas. We are plotting yeah. an extravagant live show on location. So consider both of you guys invited to that uh, fiesta if you're if you're we are uh, in. No, no, um, no shoes and shirts required. I'm assuming. I I, I never really require those. <laughs> party. Trish is uh, she yeah. she makes the call on that, but uh, I don't know. I'll we'll have to see. I'll tell you what. My shoes still fit. My dresses and and business clothes don't. But um, that gives me a few months. I feel like I'm I'm ready for the fall events because it gives me a few months to get back in shape. You know. Yeah, we'll and there's shopping, so you know you got that that opportunity ahead. All right, I so. said one last thing. I really, truly have one last thing. I've become a huge fan of Bundesliga soccer this year during the pandemic. It was one of the one of the things I latched onto. <laughs> I do enjoy watching the SAP team. You guys must know Hoffenheim, right? Am I right? Shout out. Well, Rather- we as the global we, <laughs> as the global we. I love it. Oh it's my gosh! Cool. Yeah. You know what? I love, I love to see though, when there's like HR companies or HR tech companies just out in the, in the real world. So it's cool when I see them play and they've got the SAP shirt on, or it's cool when I oh, see goodness. a TV commercial from like an HR tech company, I don't know why, or like a golfer, it's got the hat logo or something. That's all pretty cool. We like it as well. Awesome. That's funny. Hey, Steve, guess. also, before you go, you need to ask them both the question you asked me at the start. They've had a full half an hour here to think about what have they, what, how did you phrase it, Steve? What have you I, it was the one or item you've acquired to help you acquired. in the transition to full-time working from home? Yeah. Well, Meg? you know, so, so Meg kind of gave it away a little bit, but my first purchase was my chair. Was it um, your chair? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was life-saving. You know, I was just sitting at my dining room table and uh, it's, you know, a comfortable dining room table chair, but to sit there for, you know, hours on end, I was, my back was killing me. I, so I got, I got my chair. It's, it's a knockoff of the, what, what are those fancy chairs called? Herman Miller. Oh, Herman, Herman, Herman Miller. Yeah. Miller chairs. Herman Miller. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, it's great. But you know, then like, then things just took off from there, you know, like bought a house, got an office, got a monitor, got Goodness. a new Wi-Fi setup, got a puppy. Like, you know, it's just every, I, everything. I just went all, all out. Amy never <laughs> wants to go back. It sounds like. <laughs> so, so Amy went crazy. I, I was fortunate. I actually had, um, when I started my job at SAP, I decided I really needed to remodel my office because I was going to have a lot more morning meetings and um, I finished that project the week before we got sent home for the pandemic. So I feel like I had good karma going into it. But I also added um, a heated foot massager oh. is my important um, secret wow. weapon. That's next level yeah. right there. I nice. just, that yeah. I'm, yeah. Good great. job. I'm hey on guys, your team, guys. I'm here for you. Super, super <laughs> fun. Great to catch up. It's been too long. Let's do this again soon. Once again, our guests have been Amy Wilson and Meg Bear from SAP Success Factors. We'll put some links in the show notes to some of the assets that we talked about on the show today. Plus, uh, ways maybe to get in touch with Meg and Amy as well. Right? You guys are out there. You're, you're, Amy, not so much out there. It seems anymore. You're in the house pretty steadily, but you're still, you're online. We can find <laughs> you. 
And uh, no one can keep up with Meg. Yeah, you can hit up Meg and ask her about where do you get one of those foot massagers. That'd be awesome. I tried. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitters, everywhere. All right. Well, good I stuff. Feel, um, I feel like we're way closer than we are, Meg. I have to tell you. <laughs> I think we just are close, Trish. There you go. I was going to say, I, I feel like all of a sudden, like Meg has daughters and like all of a sudden now they're all grown up. Like suddenly it just feels like yeah. overnight. They're stubborn yeah, that way, overnight. those kids. So, All right, good stuff, everybody. Stuff. Thanks again to Megan, Amy. Thank you, Trish McFarland. My name is Steve Bost. Thank you for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time, and bye for now.